I'm glad we have your focus. You guys were talking about boring stuff. Now you know how our listeners feel. Exactly. I feel bad. I don't know why we're here. <laughs> hey, all you cool coders and JavaScript kiddies. You're listening to episode 187 of PHP Ugly. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, we are three amateur podcasters passionate about PHP development. We all make a living coding PHP and get together every week to discuss code, projects, work, running a small business, tech, and just about anything that happens to catch our fancy at the time. From time to time, you might even hear one of us rant about microwave. I'm your host, Eric Dan Johnson, and with me are my best friends, John Congdon. Hello, hello. Thomas Rideau. Meow. <laughs> I blame you. That was terrible. You blame me? All right. I'm good with that. I did open up that can of worms. I mean, like, that was the first, like, show everybody started consuming when we got in lockdown. I think it, I think the whole uh, Tiger King thing has blown over, fortunately. But I had to get one more in there. How I just started watching doing? it. The, oh, really? Oh, it's you a crazy seen it show. I started watching it, too. It's crazy. It. I know everything, like, that goes on in the show because everyone talked about it incessantly for so long, and I just didn't care. And I'm actually, like, running out of stuff to watch, and so I'm like, oh, fine. But, like, it, <laughs> it is, it's fun, fascinating like, watching. It's, I, I wouldn't even say it's fascinating. It's just crazy it people is. acting stupid. It's a train wreck you can't take your eyes off of, and you, then you can't wait to watch the next there one. There you go. That's I it. can very easily take my eyes off of it. Try. Just try. <laughs> I say I say you can't. <laughs> it goes to a, an older theory that I've I've long held which is that when people get themselves involved in scams or illegal activity if they the if they invest enough time in it they eventually bury themselves with it and have no option but to lie and cheat and steal to keep themselves afloat. Oh, but, but and, that yeah, but that show is so much more. Yeah. I mean, the, but the it's such a perfect of it and Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy Americans being crazy Americans. I, I wonder if other countries have people like that. Like, I always. Oh, like Russia. Yeah, yeah, very much. All right. Slap the table because, you know, my mic's right here. But how has everybody's week been? Uh, pretty great. Uh, great. I. Good. We can I, wrap this up then. I what? decided to. Uh, I decided to spend some time on Pluralsight because they have a whole free month for this month. Uh, um, is it just is it just April? Is it about to run out? Is that what you're I telling think me? It you is, only have a week left? Yeah, I think it is just April. Uh, <sighs> so I did the Python course, doing a Docker course. I'm doing a Vue.js course, a React course. So I've got like the next four days of watching uh, videos lined binge, up for binge me. Watching, binge watching yeah. coding? <laughs> How, so what did you think about Python? I'd always have said, if I didn't get into web development, I would have definitely gravitated more towards Python. So Python the, Python has these great strengths. So much of them are math-based, mm-hmm. and I am not a math person. Yeah. So it's it's very hard for me to un- like wrap my head around some parts of it. Um, I did manage to get the bitmap writer working and write myself a fractal generator which was cool (laughs) but uh it's a long time ago there was this sort of general suggestion you know don't use a ternary in a ternary in a ternary you you never chain ternaries in any way if you've got if you've got two no if you've got two of them together you've done something wrong and python (laughs) seems to like take the exact opposite tack which is like 
if you have a while loop, you can condense that into a tuple just right away. Just you can take an entire while loop where you're doing seven things and put it in a single line. <laughs> and well, that's, that's always the fun thing about Python is, is doing it as few lines as possible. Yeah. And I can understand that now, but it was Boy. like that. It's like that show that I think I don't think it was a show when I was a kid, but my parents named that tune and you know so many notes. Mm. Same yeah. thing with Python. It's like, oh yeah, I can code that in three lines. Oh, I can do it in two lines. I can do it in one. It's no return, no carriage. It'll just be a really long line. <laughs> yeah, and like at first that didn't make sense to me because spaces are important. Like it's a space sensitive language. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how can you crunch everything onto one line if? Spaces are important if, if that's what you need. And you start looking at tuple unpacking and list range tricks. Like mm-hmm. you can just take a, a list and then and then select uh, two colon five and that'll get you the second item through the fifth item. Mm-hmm. Like you can do weird stuff with it. And it definitely took me out of my normal area of understanding. And I, I think I got all the way to the end of the course. And I was like, this, the things he's saying don't make sense. They're not registering anymore. I missed something. So I actually rewound to the middle of the whole course and did that three-hour portion of it again, but this time writing code along with the video. And that cleared up a lot of it for me. But it's it was a challenge. Yeah. That's for sure. So is there any any reason that you chose Python? Or is it just... Because you could um, just because Python is really common as a as a command line scripting language. Um, there's a lot of projects that I really enjoy that I want to contribute to that are Python based, um, and it's you know a good one to have in your pocket as DevOps as well as programming, just general development. So yeah. you know, and it interacts with files really easy. Like if I need to, yeah, if I need to parse out information from a CSV, the the script that I my go to script in PHP is ten lines. But the one to do that, the same exact thing. Ten lines? What the hell are you doing in ten lines? To pull the header out and attach it as the key to the array, and then to loop over every row on an array map. And But in Python, it's one line. Like, it's just one long line. Yep. You're doing it wrong fun. in PHP, so you're, you're not you're not converting <laughs> yourself, huh? You're, Python, or Python, geez, PHP still has your heart. Oh, yeah. But Python has my interest. Pays the bills, that's right. Yeah, I saw you got into it with uh, Taylor about paying the bills a little today. <laughs> I, I did not i haven't just... talked to that guy in forever stop blaming me oh wait you weren't talking to me <laughs> eric I just... eric uh turned in a tweet that had a little little harsh wording in it i just think it's absurd for anybody in our industry especially php php developers who make a living on on the web anybody in our industry to say that they don't make money off open source because you do <laughs> whether you, you know it or not you do and I understood the point that Taylor thought he was making in the sense that... Can you rewind and say stu- what that point was? Because I have no clue what you guys yes, are talking about. So, so I, don't, I don't have it pulled up here, but I'll paraphrase it. Taylor basically sent out a, a tweet that said that, that summarized to say that he, he doesn't make money off open source. That you know, the money he makes is off the the solutions and services he sells. And I just replied to him to say, but 
you have to, you know, you're, you're not saying that things you do make money off of, you make money off of them because of open source and because of what you've done in the open source community and because of who you became in the open source community. You make money off your services because you're riding on the back of all the stuff you, you know, all the open source stuff that brought you there. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a great business model and I'm happy he was able to succeed on it. But don't throw out there that you're not making money off of open source because well, you are. A big part of his argument was that he's was about other people. So the the whole thing came from a conversation about uh, sponsorware and GitHub mm-hmm. supporting sponsorship of packages and things like that. And Taylor basically said, if you want to make money, don't open source it. If you want it to be open source, open source it. Um, you know, don't, don't expect to get paid if it's open source. And the I think where it went off the rails was was his argument that his money came from his audience and that Laravel got him that audience, but the two aren't connected. Is which what is he like, was implying, right, which yeah. is what he was, which is what he was saying. And I was like, you, you just made the connection. You, mm-hmm. without the audience, you wouldn't make money, and without open sourcing Laravel, you wouldn't have an audience. If you what, went up against. This- was this tweet just not clear? Was he saying he hasn't made money off of Laravel specifically? He he was touting himself as a smart businessman and that people shouldn't expect to make money if they're developing open source software, which which is is true. In my, it, I think it's kind of true. I think there's another case to say. Every interview I've had, they ask what my involvement in the community is. And if I say I'm developing an open source package, that's very popular. That's really going to help. Well, not only that, but I, I think, I think Taylor is an argument against himself. He proves that, yeah, you, you, you know, if, if you embrace open source enough, you can model business around that by services you provide. So everything he's making money off of are services he provides for his open source solution. That's how open source is supposed to work, right? Right, and they so run on open Ford, source. Ford, it, it that runs was, on that was AWS. My, it runs on uh, that was my That Apache. was my other argument. It's like PHP is open source. Uh, you know, Nginx is open source. Apache is open source. So you're making money off of open source, whether you're willing willing to acknowledge it or not. I mean, I couldn't imagine going back to Cold Fusion or, or ASP days where you had to pay money to even learn. To, there was a paywall to even see the knowledge behind the development. And, you know, and there was no understanding of direction or anything. You were just at the mercy of one company saying, this is how things are going. This is how we're developing this product. So, yeah, I get his point. And again, I'm praising him. You have a business model that has made open source successful for you. But don't downplay. He's like Trump, man. He's got all these followers who just hear, oh, you know, open source is bad. You won't make money at open sourcing stuff. It's all they heard. It's like you're you're in a position of responsibility. You can't send out messages like that. You need to be clear about your message. You make money because of open source. You need to be thankful of that. And Yes, you have a business yeah. model that's afforded you it. And the business model is actually based on the business model of open source. If you read the Cathedral and the Bazaar, that's exactly what they say. They say you start to build services around open source open source solutions and you charge for those services. That's how you make money. Well and so, and on top of that, this this was sort of injected into a conversation about GitHub supporting sponsorware and methods for sponsoring projects. And he just sort of said, ah, it's not going to happen. You know, that's no one can make money that way. And it isn't going to work. And I'm like, yeah. dude, 
you know, if if one of my caveats to my company is, hey, we need this software, but we should give them a sponsorship of five bucks a month for it, then my company is not going to have a huge problem with that. Not to, not to mention, not everybody is a you know privileged first world <laughs> resident, right? right. So some of these. Some of these people who who live in you know, third world countries, that sponsorship very well may be enough for quality of life for them. You don't know that. I, I think Taylor sets a very high bar for what success is. And that's I, good. I mean, I, I mean, that's sure. I, I don't knock him for that, but he needs to be clearer about the message he's putting out there. So, I mean, yeah. The guy's done well, and, and so, you know, hell, we help him with it. To, to clarify, he this wasn't an original tweet from him. He was replying to somebody else. Right. Okay. And then I jumped in there with, hey, 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 careful what you say. <laughs> so, yeah, again, I, you know, the guy's got a great model, and, and whether he knows it or not, whether whether he's willing to uh, acknowledge it or not, he does have an open source model. He, just, he, he should be a better it- steward of that message. And it just it reminds me of wealthy people who who believe that hard work is everything in making millions of dollars, where the reality is luck is every hard work is valuable or a pedigree where where your dad can give you a couple million dollars to start right. your business no yeah, yeah. yeah hard hard work is important, but it's not hard work that makes those millions it's luck plus that hard work you know Absolutely. no one you can't work yourself rich there's no time in the world for that. To really get rich, to be a person who's making a thousand dollars an hour, no one can work at a thousand dollar an hour pace. You can get lucky into a thousand dollar an hour position, but there's there's no pace. Of, can, can I get in the how to? Because I could really use that. Well, there's just there's there's no amount of work that validates a thousand dollars an hour. None. No. And and there's people who are making that every couple minutes. So. Don't say that it's hard work that got you there. It's not hard work. It's luck. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. So, yeah, thanks for calling that out, Thomas. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm glad you saw it. <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's what I do. I already had the tweet pulled up and everything. Hey, throw, throw it in the show notes because uh, we'll, we'll add it to the show notes. So um, I, 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 did come, I did come across an article that I thought you'd be happy about. Did you see that uh, California Attorney General swooped in at the last minute and put a kibosh to the sale of... Uh, .org domain? I did. Well, yeah, why? it's uh, because... What's that, John? I was, I was asking why. I, I, don't, I don't know the context here. So ICANN is the holder of the .org domains and is basically paid to act in the best interest of the people of the internet. And they had done a poll that said, hey, uh, what if we sold maintenance and pricing for .org off to a third-party company so they could manage it? And everyone who had a voting right said no. And ICANN said, well, whoopsie-daisy, we did it already. Yeah. Uh, and that's fundamentally against the, the model of ICANN. They're not supposed to be doing this. And then to go against the voting of its constituents is even more so suspect. And the company they were selling it to is a for-profit company that was set to a specific price increases every couple years. So like it just got more and more and more expensive um, and didn't steward the .org domains in any way. So, so what, what did California do now? So the attorney general eventually got a hold of the story. Someone said, hey, listen, there's this, this company that's trying to totally screw over its own investors and its own interests, which we think is illegal. Um, but no one seems to be doing anything about it. And they brought it up to the California AG and the AG said, stop, which 
they got to do. Well, so, they paused. They paused it. They didn't actually yeah. stop, stop it. They were just like, hold on. Right. We want to there's, take a look But there's going to be an investigation now into, is this a legal business practice? Is this against the stewardship of the share of the rights holders and the shareholders? And that's what people right. wanted. Yeah. So that was good. That was good. And all this craziness that, that didn't manage to slip through the cracks. I thought you'd be happy to see that. I am. I'm very happy about it. You know what I'm not happy about? Laravel 7.7's been released. <laughs> another week, another version. So I got something for you on that, but I, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you talk about uh, 7.7 first. Did you, did you upgrade yet? Nope. Oh. Nope. No, I haven't had not? time. I haven't had, the, I haven't had the time to go through all of my routes and fix them. Just, Pull pull down master to composer upgrade and and move on with your life, man. It's, it's that's really what easy. failed. <laughs> that's what failed. Yeah, it failed on uh, trying to uh, um, compress the the route files. Oh, oh it sounds like you got bigger problems. Yeah, uh, I came I came across a site though. I thought you, you would like. Well, actually, you don't even need the site to be honest with you. You can actually just follow the Twitter handle. I, I found that to be just as efficient, but. I found a site called Laravel Merge, the Laravel-Merge, and all it does is give you a list of all the PRs that have been merged in Laravel, and you can kind of just scan them. So for somebody like yourself and myself, who have a lot of Laravel packages out there, just kind of pop in there every day and see what three or four packages got merged into master, just so you know. Look at this. The I, 23rd, I did that's, see that. That's, that's the date, the 23rd. We've got one, two, three, four, five things merged into the seven branch just today. That's after one, two, three, four, five, six merges yesterday. Oh, well, four merges yesterday into seven, one to eight, and one to six. So, yeah, a Laravel merge is a great little resource to add to your morning read. And, and look at all those non-employed contributors making this open source product something valuable point absolutely yeah you know we, we didn't even touch on the fact that you got thousands of people contributing to an open source framework you created that you don't have to pay for. so where is this located at because i just i just googled laravel laravel dash merged uh, with a d m-e-r-g-e-d.com yeah ah Murder. Or you can just try to remember your password to the Trello board. <laughs> I'm on there, but it's on there. Yeah. Uh, no, Nuno's in chat. Hey, dude, I just, I think I just did a profile. Are you up in Canada, man? What's that region called up in Canada that I just did a profile on? I just, I was doing a profile on uh, a user group up there. It's going to, it should be released in next month's PHP Architect magazine. And I saw a picture of you on their meetup group. I'm like, oh, I got to put that in the magazine. I love how you just completely switch gears and expect everyone to know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I said, I said he was in, he was in chat. I said, I, uh, oh, oh yeah, man, yeah, he is. He's he's up in Toronto area. So yeah, I, I did a, I did a profile of God bless America. I cannot remember the name of that user group. It's there's there's a cluster of three up up and around Toronto, and I just did this one. Uh, what is it called? Uh, York York Region PHP User Group is who I submitted a profile for for next month's PHP Architect magazine. And yeah, I saw a picture of of uh, him in there. I'm like, oh man, I've got to submit that to the magazine. Now, I don't know if they'll use it in the magazine, but it was one of like three pictures I submitted for the uh, user group. So hopefully, it gets published. I'll let you know if you, uh, well, I'm sure I don't have to let you know, man. I'm sure you've got a, 
uh, a subscription. I, I won't even ask if you have a subscription. <laughs> right? Of course. Right? <laughs> so, All right. back back to what I was saying. Here's a here's something that's in 7.7. Very much a squirrel person. You're right, John. Squirrel! <laughs> Fix stringable is empty. So there was a check for is empty that yeah. used the PHP method empty, mm-hmm. which would return false. I'm sorry, a string of zero uh, would be evaluated as empty. So it would be evaluated as true. And this fix changes it so that a a string is just directly compared to a string that has no content in it. So this is this is a bug fix, but it's a behavior breaking bug fix. Yeah, it's a it's a BC break. It's a yeah. So is this seven point seven or is this eight point oh if that if that breaks something for somebody? Mm, I don't know, because it's a bug fix. But this is I mean there I, I've I've seen other framework developers talk about this kind of bug fix, which is that it isn't necessarily a bug because is empty is calling the empty function. So it might mm-hmm. be incorrectly documented, but it's calling a valid method and the valid method is returning a valid string or a valid response. And people are building behavior around <clears throat> that. And if you look at the code, you couldn't say, oh, that's incorrect. It shouldn't be comparing to an empty string. It should be comparing to empty, the mm-hmm. PHP helper. If this behavior has been in the system and people are using it, then you decide that that's not actually what it was supposed to do. To fix that, you have to deprecate the behavior and in a future branch, in a future backwards compatible breaking branch, you change it. Mm. But like to change it on a weekly fix, like a weekly patch, this is to me a bad backward compatibility break. Mm. If I expect zero as a string to evaluate the false because it's been doing that since whenever they could log to deprecated at that point they could deprecate that bug <laughs> they could let people know hey this is returning what you what you expect but it's wrong get it into their right. log so they can see that and really fix it later but in that case it's not really a bug it's an unintended behavior right but you which, could depre- which you could deprecate unintended behavior sure but what you should do, you shouldn't patch it in for, you know, three days before the next version comes out. I'm going to ask a stupid question because I, I don't watch the Laravel logs unless I'm having an issue. But do they actually spit out deprecation warnings? I don't I don't think they do. Uh, I think if you're running tests, then it oh. might. I think I think uh, PHP unit will spit deprecation warnings out. How's PHP unit going to know deprecation warnings of a Laravel framework specific function? Uh, I think it's a um, doc block tag. Oh, okay. All right. And, and, and it, it could it could very well log uh, deprecations in the in the Laravel log. I just like I said, I don't I don't watch my logs. I sh- I probably should. And if it doesn't, it should. That that would be a great uh, feature to put the, in. The pro the main project I work on, we're going through a huge update right now because again, being a legacy app, after it got to a point where you know you're looking in request, post, get, and you're not doing is set everywhere. It was just a bad practice Mm -hmm. from well before I started. And eventually it led to error reporting being E underscore all and not deprecated, not noticed, not this, not this. So it's basically all you're really logging are fatal errors at that point. Mm -hmm. So we're in the process now of changing a lot of that code so that we can then increase the debugging level or the error reporting level so that we can start looking for deprecated crap so we can move to PHP 8 at the when we can when is yeah when is with, yeah. with all that with all that with all that said 
he should be throwing stuff into the logs and you should be watching is where I was going with that. Yeah, that would be, that would be nice. I, I, I should, I, I'm going to make a point to try to have an answer about that next time because I really don't think there's any deprecation notice in Laravel. Um, and I don't know if there's deprecation it, notices it, in other frameworks. No, because doesn't he just basically take pull requests and merge them in? I don't, I <laughs> well, yeah. No, I mean, no, he does deprecate stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, but he does. He he has been known to deprecate things and and just kind of let it be known out there that this is going to be this will be this will go away in the next version. That bump. So I just don't know if there's anything unless you're following him on Twitter or you're in the Laravel community where you're paying attention to this stuff. I don't know if there's anything for a developer out there to give them any sort of notification just by, uh, you know, having log reporting or anything. Well, I, I know it, I know it is a block, a doc block. It is an at deprecated doc. Um, I think but PHP that's, that's MD, more for your IDPCS. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's a couple different programs out there that sniff for those doc blocks. Mm-hmm. Daryl says, uh, Daryl in chat says symphony does, uh, deprecation notices a lot. Yeah. It seems like yeah, a so- great practice. Yeah, you shouldn't be relying just on the doc block. You should actually be emitting <laughs> an error log. <laughs> Nuno pointed out that helpers got deprecated. They're all yeah, gone. But how did how did you know that, Nuno? Yeah. You knew, you knew that because you're part of the community. You probably saw Taylor talk about it. You didn't because he listens it, to it us. Up on any of... That's why. Oh yeah, or yeah, you that's true. To us. We are still us bitch about it. <laughs> we are the the eminent Laravel uh, bitching podcast. Thanks to me. Yeah, we should be called Laravel Ugly, not HP Ugly. I think I think we all contribute in our own special way. But so just to just to just to roll back, a backwards breaking change that is not necessary that changes a behavior should not be included in a weekly dot release. It's that's bad and dumb, and it's continuing to frustrate every single Thursday, every Thursday. I, I can appreciate that. Um. We have talked in the past. I'm going to kind of move on. Uh, We'll stick with Laravel because this is a Laravel package, but I'm going to move on a little bit here. Uh, We have in the past talked a lot about event sourcing. Myself, John as well, I think, uh, have become big fans of event sourcing. But the problem with event sourcing is it's not an easy implementation. Like There is a lot of effort into implementing event sourcing and a good amount of management with it as well. So sometimes... You actually might have a need for audit tracking, but you don't really need a full-blown uh, event source sort of architecture for it. A friend of mine turned me onto a package called Laravel Auditing. Super, super simple. So I've, I've actually implemented this on a project I'm working on. It's just a composer install. Again, Laravel package, so this is specific to Laravel. Creates an audit uh, an audit table, and then all you do is you include it as a trait on any model that you want to audit. So anytime a create happens or an edit happens or, and you, you can get very granular with exactly what you want to audit, but it's pretty cool. So I, you know, I, I implemented on, on the user table and, you know, anytime somebody goes in there and edits a user, it gives you the before and after of what, just what they edited, not the whole record just to say, Oh yeah, the name was changed from this to this, and who edited it? And I don't know. I, I know uh, we, we we're talking more and more about the ability of tracking changes in application, and that's why we keep going back to event sourcing because event sourcing is so much more powerful. Event sourcing 
allows you to, we got into it last week about how event sourcing allows you to go back and look for data that you didn't realize you needed. And this is nothing compared to that. This is just simple, an audit trail. So if you if you have an application where you need to know who's making what changes and what gets changed, this is a super simple package. It's called Laravel Especially Auditing. You- it's from Owen... IT. What's that? Yeah, especially if you're doing it on an app that's already existing and you're not trying to get sort of auditing is a, okay. a good way to go. I've talked we've talked in the past about auditing and how I use a lot of database triggers to kick off auditing and mm-hmm. find it invaluable when I'm actually trying to track down something that happened, whether it was intentional or not. Right. Especially yep. when you can especially when you can blame a user and say, No, this is your fault, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. You clicked that delete button, damn it. Yeah, stop it, using it, it, it wrong. Shuffle back to event sourcing, and we were looking at implementing it for a, co- a client's project. One of the topics that came up was the right to be forgotten laws in other countries. We don't have to worry about it currently here in the U.S., but from what everybody says, it's coming. Mm-hmm. And the question came up of how does that work in the world of event in a event sourcing architecture? How do you do that? And I know we, you and I, started looking into it a little bit and I got nowhere with it. I couldn't remember if you had found some solutions around that. The the couple of solutions I found were encrypt the data within the event and you're storing that key somewhere and then you just lose the key. So they're forgotten. You can't decrypt it. Sometime in the future, you will be able to decrypt it though. So it's not the best way. Um, the other way is to store the, store the actual information outside of the event. So your event now becomes a reference to some data and then the right to be forgotten. You actually destroy the data, but you don't affect the event. Oh, I remember that solution. Yeah. I remember you. I remember you talking about that solution. Yeah. 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 And Frank just in chat just echoed the whole uh, encryption approach as well. It gets messier than that. Google won a, a case in the EU. So the place where this really became an issue was when the EU passed the GDPR the mm-hmm. general data protection regulation and the the win that they got from the EU was basically as long as links about you don't show up in search results in Europe then we're fine. Oh, interesting. As as long as the search results adhere to local laws that's fine, but where they're storing your personal information in many servers across the globe, that's not something that can be practically. But again, that's Google's one win in this case. If it were to come to you, you would have to right. make a decision. <laughs> we you know? we don't have Google money and Google attorneys. That's <laughs> right. That's absolutely true. Yeah. To um, me, to me, but, I'm ass- I'm assuming if you do your absolute best to really get rid of someone's data or make it not accessible, we may have yeah. it in events, but there should be an event that eventually gets rid of it. So, assuming you're replaying your events, nobody's ever one going to know, and two, you're not. I don't know. You're not doing any harm at that point. Uh, and that's and that's sort of the issue is that there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of legal uh, covers you can take that just say I took I made best effort. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's for corporations that'll actually cover your ass a lot if you can show that you made your best effort. That can actually cover your ass. So yeah. So I got a question for you, Thomas. You're one of the few people in the world that I know still uses Windows. You and Frank in, in chat, I know you use Windows. Indeed. As well. I just started. Uh, uh, I just started getting Docker running on my Windows. Is your is your oh so it's still running? Well, that's that's a plus. Did yeah. you see what happened recently? Is, well, maybe I should ask you first. 
is it is your machine patched? And if it's not, you might want to hold off for a little while. Actually, I got a message popped up that said uh, reboot now or wait till later. <laughs> yeah, you you really might want to wait till later for that one. Why? What's going on? <laughs> I I saw an article in TechSpot come up. I guess, and I haven't heard of this happening in so long. I remember back in the uh, Windows NT day, whenever you applied a patch to NT, it was always a crapshoot of whether or not the machine was going to reboot or not, or whether you're going to get a blue screen of death. I mean, that's that's that was just life, right? To say you you would apply a patch and say, okay, is this actually going to work or not? Yeah, I'd apply a was, patch, and I wouldn't be sure if it would turn off correctly. <laughs> that was back in like the you know, 90s, early 2000s. I haven't heard about it recently, but I guess recently Windows released a patch that not only started blue screening people, apparently there are reports that it started deleting files as well, which I don't know, man. I mean, that really kind of seems like paranoia stretch. Like, you know, dude, I have my taxes done, but your patch erased them. I don't know, but I don't know. I just, I thought it was funny. I just haven't seen a story like this in so long that uh, Microsoft released a patch. Again, this was an incremental change. This wasn't a big version jump, Thomas. It was just a little (laughs) incremental change that uh, just bricked a bunch of uh, desktops. Well, now here's my question though, is that if you have the predominant operating system in the world and everyone is updating to the same version, generally the same day, you can expect one or two people to have some kind of catastrophic failure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, just just like you know, little small incremental Laravel patches. There's always going to be those edge cases that have a problem with them. Yeah, and I mean, there's like page fault in non-paged area, ACPI BIOS error, inaccessible boot device. I mean, these things are not related this, to each other. Well, and, and this, this, I mean, this was particularly nasty as well. So something, something really went wrong. I, I don't know. It, it is one of those things like how did this, it, it's not like Microsoft just really nearly releases patches either. You, you, they have a vigorous testing process as well. So, well, and the, the idea of which windows version you're running is far more obtuse than people realize because there are, three LTS versions of Windows 10. And then there's the consumer versions, and then there's the government version, and then there's the uh, specialty government versions where they have to apply to uh, laws that were passed in India and laws that were passed in China. So, like, you could be running one of many, many, many versions of Windows. I'm so happy I'm not in that world anymore. (laughs) I am so happy. I I can't keep up with that stuff, man. Yeah, but I can play games. Uh. Who's got time for games? I, I I I can play games. I don't have Windows. Granted, I don't like playing games, but <laughs> that's that's a sentence that summarizes John all too well. <laughs> I could play games. I just don't like playing games. I can play. I can play five minutes at a time, and then I gotta turn it off and do something else. So I've got one game that fits that criteria, and I'm good to go. Are you still yeah. Rocket League in it? You still playing yeah. Rocket League? Yep. Oh, interesting. Have you played the new Rocket League mode, the heat seeking missile no. or the goal the the goal seeking missile? No, I. I I heard about it, but I haven't gone and looked at it yet. It is it is so fun. It is totally what is it? casual. What is it? You got to explain to me what a goal seeking missile is. So every time you hit the ball, it fires off of your car like a missile, and it guides itself into the opponent's goal. <laughs> so you, so you, you don't have to aim anymore. You just have to you just have to bump the ball. Just have to hit it. All you have to do is okay. hit it. Hell, I might be able to do that, John. It is. I mean, it nope. would take a while. Uh, <laughs> nope. It is insanely difficult. 
people, it's they released it as a casual mode, so you can drop in and out anytime without punishment. People are taking it deadly serious because it is so hard. So, like, you we jump should, into a random game, you will get bitched at for failing to hit the ball. So, we should have streamed John trying to teach me how to play Rocket League. The ball was literally <laughs> sitting in the court, and I'm just, like, driving around the ball. John's like, no, just just run to the ball. Okay, I'm trying. And I'm just, like, doing circles around the ball. He's like, no, just, just you know, just touch the ball. Just touch it. I'm like, I'm trying, and I'm hitting everything but the ball. Yeah, that's that's what the starting starting the game looks like. And once you get out of it. that area, oh, it's so fun. I yeah. haven't played it I'm, since. I'm, I'm finally gold, gold two, maybe gold one four uh, in doubles and silver two, 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 three in uh, nice singles. I don't play. Well, I, don't I'll, play I'll, uh, I can boost you threes. through doubles. I can bring you up to uh, platinum three in doubles at least. Yeah, and then. You leave, and then I'm right, <laughs> right back down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you learn from watching. You learn from playing. Do you guys it's, have partners you typically play with, or do you just do I random don't. partners? I don't. I just get in and play. I played with Spence for a little bit, but he he doesn't play much. I'm the same way. I, Ironic. I don't. I don't want to jump on with somebody because then you you feel bad for having to leave. But I want to play one or two games and then get back to what I've been doing lately, which is android work again yeah just just text me or just just message me on uh on slack and say hey one or two games is that fun and then we'll do that no expectation of more you're doing some android development is that what i heard no we're talking about rocket league (laughs) we need to move on this point (laughs) yeah so the app that i wrote which turns out was five years ago which baffles my mind holy smokes how time flies where there's no maintenance on it i finally get Two different things. A, a couple months ago, it was like, hey, we need to make sure it's 64-bit available. And we have till the end of the year to make that happen. So it's been on the back burner. A couple weeks ago, <clears throat> I get an email saying, hey, when you res- it's a faxing app. When you reserve a fax number, you're supposed to have that number for 24 hours. But the app shows it. It shows the current date and time. And so he's under the assumption that something happened to the API because the assumption is it's worked prior and Mm -hmm. i start looking at the app no it's been that way for five years (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like our the mobile developer we have on another client it's like yeah no this has never worked i don't know why they're making a deal out of it now (laughs) well this is this is a a a why 1970 bug where it's no longer 1970s so faxes don't work (laughs) People, it still yeah. makes money. They, it's not, it's not under active active development because it just does what it's supposed to do. So and why, it's amazing. So that, that that's a question. I mean, why wouldn't it be under active development if it's making the money? Because it's it a does done what it's product. supposed. To, yeah, it does what it's supposed to do. There's yeah. There's, right. it, nobody's really point. saying, "Hey, I need more bells and whistles." It it gets the job done. I mean, it's not making. It's not like it's making them tons of money. It's it pays for itself. The the little mm-hmm. bit of support that is necessary because they do pay support people to answer tickets and stuff. Uh, usually it's mm-hmm. around, Hey, I paid to upgrade. So you, when you upgrade, you're supposed to get the, uh, that phone number for a lifetime. And you know, if something happens, we got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so lately yeah, it's, but been it's still, I out. mean, the fax protocol is a set protocol. So you, you really can't add too many bells and whistles. So this isn't really using the, it's a fax app that, sends faxes in the background it's not like i actually have to deal with the faxing protocol 
So the app, all it does mm. is take take pictures of pieces of paper, puts them together, so the- s- sends it off. And then when you receive a fax, it maintains an inbox of your PDFs that you can view in the in the application. So it's it's the back end of it is just a, a printer with a cardboard chute that goes into a fax machine with a cardboard chute that goes into a scanner. Yep. Yep. You got it. <laughs> exactly how it works. You must have been I'll in, bet our, it's written uh, in Python meetings. <laughs> Java and PHP. So anyway, trying to figure Java, out Java, right? all of a sudden why I can't uh, compile this in 64-bit. And I just found the answer as we were talking. So fun, fun. I'm glad we have your focus. <laughs> you guys were you guys were talking about boring now, stuff. Now you know how our listeners feel. <laughs> exactly. I feel bad. I don't know why we're here. Yeah, my wife uses one of those uh, sleep help apps, the story time, sleep story time apps, uh, which was weird because one of our podcast episodes showed up on <laughs> it just boom out like a light. <laughs> the soothing voices of three developers. John Put you to sleep I've been loving getting back into to unit testing, PHP unit. I know I talk about it, but been doing it even more lately on a new application that we're writing. Just I've been throwing out work in progress code trying to give other developers an idea of what's going on in my head i don't know if it's helping or not eric and i got on a like a hour and a half long call today trying to talk about this product and what i think it should be doing and at the end of the day i don't, don't think i got my point across at all it's like I think, I think it's like thanks for your input but we're gonna do it our way <laughs> oh no that means that you did get your point across if they say i don't think i understand what you're saying then it means that you didn't get your point across but if if they say uh, we understand what you're saying. We're doing it our way instead, though. That means you 100% got your message through. <laughs> if only it worked I, that way. When no, when I was 20, when I was 25, and I had a brilliant idea and took it to my boss, I I had this problem, specific problem, where I'd say like, "Hey, if we did it this and this and this, then it would be like three times faster." And he would say, "Yeah, but we're going to do it the other way." And I'd be like, "Okay, so you didn't understand what I said." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe you didn't hear yeah, me. I, Clearly, there's a communication breakdown here. What I said was brilliant. So, starting <laughs> over. And I, I had a lot of trouble as a young developer with this with this issue where I knew my ideas were better than what they were doing, but I had to suck it up and program what they told me to program. And I, I think that's something that I, when I am mentoring somebody, that's something I try to get across as soon as possible because that's a you-can-get-fired mistake and something that junior devs should know, like, hey... You're not going to be working on the thing you want to be working on all the time. Sometimes you're going to be working on absolute garbage and you have to smile and give the thumbs up. Gotta get, you got to do the grunt work. Yeah. Yeah. That's except, except, except my point is, was constantly, you can do it however you want to do it. I'm just, I'm trying to share my ideas and here's, here's what, I, here's what I'm thinking. Well, you're a very amicable person in general. I don't think Eric and I would, would count as that though. No, you're wrong. You're, Why do you keep you're, doing you're, this? You're you're hundred percent right that Eric is not that person. We're in this call and somebody <laughs> says, Oh, we could do this, and Eric's like, No, we're not doing that. I'm like, No, it's okay. <laughs> Let him it might work fine. Like, you could do that. It would just be the wrong way to do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. You know there was somebody at the Zeppelin manufacturing plant that said, Hey, maybe the Hindenburg shouldn't use hydrogen and they got overruled. <laughs> That's what you're doing to me. Somebody thought that smoking on the Hindenburg was a good idea at one point. Yeah. I'm just going to call this merge request, Oh, the Humanity. There you go. 
John, you enjoy being in meetings with me. I, I keep you, I, I keep you young. Well, we already got I done do. saying he likes watching Tiger King, so yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have another yeah. resource. I told you guys, uh, I think last week or maybe the week before, I told you about lobsters. I don't know if you guys started, yep. uh, if you added that to your daily feed or not, but nope. lobsters was a good nope. one. I came with another one. It just came across across my uh, desk this today. And I got to be honest with you, you got to be careful around this one because uh, <laughs> the the consistency of stories is not very good, but you've got to love the name. It's called php.watch. That's the URL, php.watch. And uh, it's just PHP-specific stories. They do a lot of uh, version tracking of releases for php so we've moved on from laravel we're up a tier to php um so they 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 talk about the changes that are coming in the releases of php but they also do articles as well now the reason i'm saying there's a warning is because although they've been pretty consistent so far the last couple of months where they've released a couple of articles in april a couple in march or one in march so three so far this year then they have two from last year, and then or three from last year, and then two from the year before that. So, so they don't release a lot of stories, uh, but I definitely have added it to my uh, to my kind of daily cruising um, because it it does go into the PHP uh, versions, and then he has a tab here called RFCs as well, but there's nothing there yet. So, yeah, it's just the under doing. construction stuff from the nineties. Yeah, and, and and there's also the other one we talked about, the externals.io, which if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of PHP development, and this is the, the C, you know, C development of PHP, externals is the conversations that go on between the internal PHP developers on internal. They just post them uh to a board, so you don't have to you don't have to be part of that mailing list and and get into the internal. So there's that, and now there's this PHP Watch, which seems to complement each other pretty well. Uh, just just keeping an eye on the PHP versions and what's happening in them. I don't know. I think I think it was good find. So I thought I'd share it with my other PHP developers out there. Huh. It'll be in what show notes. PHP watch, which that is the first dot watch domain I have seen, and I think that's a pretty cool one. PHP watch. I had an interesting issue. The other day, I was uh, I was working on a grid CSS layout on my site, mm-hmm. and I, I could not figure out how to get something to take up multiple columns in the grid. Okay, and it turns out that's because what I thought was a reference to a tag is actually mm-hmm. a new reserved CSS term, span. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. span span that's now means two new. things. It's new to me, and it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't just say you couldn't just say across or or span. Or, I don't know. No, span already means something in CSS. Why use it again? What else does it mean in CSS? It doesn't mean a span tag. That's HTML. That's not CSS. No, but in CSS you can reference by tag, which is just the word span. Oh, I see. What you're saying. Okay. And now, so you can have you can have a grid row class that says. Span colon five, span five. And that's supposed to mean something. <laughs> Two different things, in fact. Wait, span is an HTML element? What? No, it's not. 
But yeah, yeah. it's the HTML tag. It is? Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of HTML tag. It's, yeah, it's, do you not it's, use that all the time? It's Never. When you want to put like class, I, I don't write HTML. So, like, if you have a if you have a block of text that's saying you want to put styling on a part of that text inside the block, and you, you don't want to do a div or anything, you you can put span tags around it and do a class there. Right. Hey. Span has no inherent CSS traits, whereas it doesn't P, do anything. Right. It does. It doesn't do anything. It just encloses text or encloses elements. So if you want to change the style of something, but you don't want to break it by using a P tag or a div tag, then you use a span tag. That's, it's sounding familiar. I haven't done HTML in years. It's like the all the fancy CSS buttons you use, use the span tag. Yeah, and Frank is saying span doesn't increment the position either. Span has no impact on the DOM. It just gives a CSS taggable endpoint. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So, so now you're pissed off with CSS. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm like pissed off every day now. I've... <laughs> I'm involved in enough different things that every day some new thing is like, hey, this is stupid. You have to use it, though. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, Wednesday is my Laravel release day. <laughs> Thursday Thursday is this, whatever this happens to be. Whatever this is, this yeah. fiery ball of trash it's turned into. <laughs> <laughs> this dumpster I just, fire. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine if I was using more than one framework that updated the same way Laravel does, like if Symfony and CodeIgniter updated at the same pace and I had to use all three for different clients, I'd be yeah. swamped. I'd be screwed. Yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's no, no question. Yeah. It's it, Laravel is a breakneck sort of speed, man. I tell you. Yeah. It's challenging. If you have multiple, it's very, it, it, it can be very regimented if you only have one or two applications you know or, or even three big applications that, that are making money but if you're trying to do like service oriented architecture where you've got like six small applications and you know two big applications and then this you know other application that just runs like once a month to do billing and then trying to keep all that stuff up to date with Laravel releases is just ugh. That, that's that's when you just let you you just say okay, these can go for like a year or two as long as they're running we're fine. We'll we'll the next major release we'll circle back and spend about two or three weeks seeing what it's going to take to upgrade them to the next next release of Laravel, and you just have to pick and choose which applications you're going to try to keep current. I'm I am considering switching to all private repositories for all of my included libraries. We had this discussion last week as well. I, I was in a similar position this week uh, where I, there, there's a library I wanted to pull down. I'm like, man, it's not really that much work. Um, as a matter of fact, I was going to reach out to you, Thomas, because it was uh, recapture, and uh, I still haven't pulled the project, the the package in because everything everything I read, I'm like, it should be pretty simple to implement without a package. But I, I'm having issues with it. Right. Yeah. Well, so the issue I ran into the other day was that I had. I had updated a package from Git Vault that on a staging server, thank God, when it was pushed out, Composer threw a 401 error, too many requests. It broke the vendor directory, which, as you know, Laravel loops over to generate the uh, service providers list. So the deployment system went down hard. And we had to go in and delete the vendor directory and tell it to prefer source on that packet. But mm-hmm. it took down the deployment server. So I'm just like, I don't want to risk this anymore. Nuno in, uh, in chat is 
is touting Laravel Shift again. Um, and, you know, we've had this conversation several times. We're we're big fans of Shift. I think we're all Shift users here. We have an account. I know Thomas. Mm-hmm. You guys have you guys use the Docker implementation, right? Yeah. The problem with Shift is Shift works really well under two ideal scenarios. A, you're doing everything the Laravel way, and you're following the Laravel behaviors and practices. And B, all the packages you use, which is exactly what Thomas and I have been talking about the last couple of shows, all the packages you use do things the Laravel way. They stay current. They stay consistent. But the moment one of those two things deviate, and it's typically packages you use, they either don't stay consistent with Laravel uh, implementations, or they start to fall behind on dependent shift. As great as it is, it will update the the core framework. But the moment you do a composer upgrade or composer install from the shift merge, you start to get all these. Uh, hey, I, I can't go on because this package doesn't meet you know minimum requirements, or this package doesn't meet minimum requirements, and shift doesn't doesn't really give you any notice of that. I I just ran into that actually. Now. Interesting move by Taylor on uh, Monday or on Tuesday is he extracted Illuminate support collection and its related classes out of the framework and into its own Illuminate uh, independent package, package, which is what I've been saying needs to be done. Yeah, he's doing that a lot lately. That's that's how we're going to get to real Semver is by not updating those packages that don't get updated. Yeah, I, uh, John, I, I haven't shared this with you yet, uh, but this I, I was we we're just talking about shift, and i i tried to I tried to run a shift on our stphp.org website. Uh, I wanted to move it. Uh, it's still running on Vapor. It doesn't need to be out in Vapor. It's costing us way too much fucking money to be running on Vapor. So I was going to actually pull it in. But I wanted to get it current, and so shift shift blew up exactly what we're talking about dependencies on packages. I, you know I, that's not completely new, but the thing I, I was going to share with you, Thomas, I think we've talked to you about this in the past as well. Whenever we interview new developers, um, one of the things, one of the projects we had them work on, the like their first project was always the SDP our, our local user group's website. And we would just assign them tasks and see if they were able to complete the task. And like typically, you know, if they completed, if they completed the task and the code was running, it was like, all right, that's a good step. We'd review the code and say, okay, this is what we're looking for. This is sort of stuff. But we wouldn't we wouldn't have them spend too much time on it because it's just a user group website. So we, so it was just basically getting them uh, giving them an understanding of our workflow, how we manage projects, what sort of code we're looking for. <laughs> I went in there uh, last weekend because I wanted to make some. I wanted to add some features to. Uh, I wanted to add some features to the website and start using the new Couch database uh, server that I'm using. My God, that that's website is such a mess, man! Oh, really? <laughs> it is such a mess. <laughs> oh my God, I try to refactor stuff. I'm like, this is this is horrible. How do we let it get to this state? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it was gonna take me like ten minutes to like refactor a couple things, and I got in there. I'm like, I deleted like so many lines of code. I'm like, what was he doing here? Just rip all this out. <laughs> so, so you showed him the workflow, but not the the review flow, is what I'm gathering. No, no, we we did. We, I mean, and we 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 would pick and choose our topics, you know. But I mean, because it was the, yeah, who has the time? website. 
Yeah, it wasn't like I wasn't going to spend hours with him on, on all his code. It's like, all right, your code works, but we, do, you know, we don't typically like these sort of implementations. And you know, maybe maybe take a day and refactor this method or refactor that method. But I wouldn't have him redo everything. But I should have. <laughs> really, gotta should have. <laughs> Oh, that was rough. That's been rough. And, and I, I, I mean, I started it. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to get back to this next weekend. I, I don't have time for this right now. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our user group website is hurting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull, <laughs> I'm gonna pull Nova out of there as well, and just make it open source so anybody well, in the group can contribute. Fortunately, you don't have any user groups for a while. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, and again, I, I was just talking about the uh, user group. I just did the profile on, which I've already forgotten the name. Do, who remembers the name? That's right. York, York region. Good job, John. Um, they, <laughs> so York region, you'll edit that so, back in. Like I said it. Perfect. Uh, so the Toronto area, because of the size, they have uh, like three user groups clustered fairly close together. Um, we've already, we, I've already profiled the GTA, Greater Toronto Area, I think, user group, and then New York Region was another, and I'm probably going to profile the third just to get the uh, trifecta up there, but uh, they're, they're getting, all three of them are combining, and they're going to do a virtual meetup this month, which is kind of cool, the, the 29th, uh, next, what is that, next Friday? Next, uh, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, they're gonna they're gonna do a virtual meetup. I might actually pop in on that and see see what that looks like. That could be fun. <laughs> New notes. You're a little little bit of a delay there, buddy. So <laughs> we figured it out. But thanks, thanks for your support. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> I love our, I love uh, having chat. I love having chat. We we should have had this the whole time. I love people people talking to us during the show. It's so much fun. I appreciate everybody. And, I appreciate and most of those everybody. most of those people that chat with us turn into patrons on Patreon. See what I did there. We appreciate even more. We appreciate Patreon, even though I still can't log into the damn website, but uh, I'm sure it's still there, and I'm sure our, our Patreon account is still there. So yes, it is. I can much. log into it just fine. I, I locked you out so I, that you I, can't get in there. I know better. <laughs> wouldn't surprise wouldn't surprise me, man. I I can't figure it out. I. I I don't know. It's smarter than I am. All right. Uh, are we running long? Is it really? Has it already been over an hour? Come on now, Chad. You guys have got to step up. You got to step up and let us know when we're running long. We need to wrap this up, fellas. I think this was a good show. What do you think? I, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. All right. That's, I think that's good. It's a great, great show. Excellent show. Excellent. I, I, I enjoyed this one. I love, I love this. I love what we do. I love this. Yeah. See, he, he's up at 1.15 in the morning. You, you know, he's, uh, he's on the East Coast and he's still with us. We, we love people like that. All right. That's going to do it for episode 187, I think we said. We're going to say Sounds 187s good. in the it's team. about that. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, 
Keep it ugly.